Hello and welcome to the episodic audiobook series of Cultivate, Seed Me Relapse Edition. Now we are on episode 14, chapter 14. A lot has gone on. So if you're just tuning in now, let's uh, recap. If you're just listening for the first time, check out episode one. You'll get a sense of what's happening. In episode 13, uh, Skip died. Yeah, here's uh, Logan's longtime friend is uh, gone. The Vicky lookalike swallowed him up. She's a giant flower, apparently. And uh, those cultivators showed up, and the plant growing inside Logan uh, locked him up. He couldn't even help his friend. He's in big trouble. And then he passed out. So we don't know what happened to him, but we're going to find out right now. Chapter 14. Crazy Man Lies. Rejoice. Muffles. I hear voices. They're there, echoing around me. My vision is black. Touch is cold all throughout my body. Smell is earthy. Close. Taste? Blood. Of all five senses, the sound keeps drawing me in. It's the musician's trained ear. They're incomprehensible voices. Some are close, like dozens of whispers. The others are phasing in and out. Wait, there's footsteps, crinkling. He's conscious. The voice is masculine, deep, and commanding, enough to jolt control back to my body and my eyes fling open. The ground is vertical, with legs extended horizontally away from view. Wait, no, I'm just lying face first in the dirt. Eyes opening, the man says. There are two cops here. The man is in front of me using a flashlight to check my eyes and a lady who is chatting with some elderly woman walking a dog. I attempt to get up, now feeling the soreness running through my muscles. You'd think I had an epileptic episode. Easy, the cop says. Do you know your name, sir? Yeah, I say. What is your name? Logan. Logan Cook. Logan, Sherry is going to take you to the hospital just to check up on you. No, no, I'm fine, I say. Oh, look, a paramedic is here too. I'm still out of it. Do you know what you were doing here? Asks the paramedic. Skip, I think, feeling my heart sink. Skip was swallowed by Vicky. The vision of the black and red petals engulfing Skip run rampantly in my thoughts, with the sounds of crunching bones playing over and over. I glance around, trying to see where I was. This is the smoke-up spot. The elder lady has a walking stick, a ravine hiker, and there's no sign of Vicky or the cultivators. Even the blood where Skip was is gone. Instantly, I know where the cultivators took Vicky. The paramedic says, Logan, do you remember what happened before you passed out? That is a bit of a loaded question. I'm hesitant to spew crazy about man-eating plants and plant-worshipping cults. Nerves get the better of me, and I rub my face, shocked by the touch of bloody scabs running around my cheeks to the back of my head. Fuck, those bastard vines controlled me. I ran into a dog, I say. The paramedic's gaze is pure judgment. She's not even listening to my words, but inspecting my face, motion, and processing my tone. It attacked me, but I fended it off, I think, I say, gently feeling my puncture marks. There wasn't much else for the cops or the paramedics to understand other than my statement. In the typical drain case style, there's not a shred of evidence. Now, I'm surprised Skip's corpse isn't here. There's usually a case type 2 at the crime scene. Then again, 
That's just from the reported drain cases. The three cultivators got Vicky pretty fast. My best guess is it spits out the corpse when they're done with the blood. Fuck. Skip. Lying is a hard pill to swallow. A part of me wants to tell them about Skip, but there isn't anything I can say that sounds rational. He was crushed by a girl who transformed into a man-eating flower. They'd buy that, wouldn't they? Lying to them about the situation leaves my stomach sick, like his death meant nothing. The gory demise of Skip overwhelms my thoughts. I really want to vomit everything that happened, but Skip's ghost lives on. He'd say something like, Logan, man, think dumbass, no cops. He's right. Hiding Skip's death ignites something. I'm warm. The police didn't have any more questions for me. They gave me my knife, along with Skip's, thinking I kept two. They were suspicious of it, but not enough to take me in. The paramedic did bring me to the ER at the University of Alberta Hospital. You know, maybe a good doctor can look inside me and pull these assholes out. I'm already here and might as well try. It's anger. Thankfully, the wait isn't long, and they put me on a bed while the doctor arrives. A Dr. Turner whose expressionless face and age says his retirement is near. I've lost everything. Dr. Turner runs me through your usual checkup by listening to my breath, checking the eyes, all that shit. After, he says, Well, it is a bizarre formation, but I can't see it being anything other than an animal attack. No recognition of what kind. A dog. We'll have to give you some stitches, but overall, you're going to be fine. Didn't notice anything else? I ask. You'd think the doctor could tell that there's a plant growing inside me. I need to check on Janet's second visit. Nope. Anything else I should know about? The sides of my head throb with a rumbling in my ear. Nothing. Fuck you. Should I tell him? If I get the doctor to agree to investigate further, then perhaps he can use an x-ray scan. Okay. Here's the potential scenarios of how I can explain it to him. I've been feeling sick inside my body, or I've got these vines that come out of my mouth and a voice in my head. Nah, first one. I've been feeling sick inside, weak, I say. Is this new since the bites? No, I've had it for a couple of weeks. Mr. Cook, have you considered the possibility you've caught a cold? No, it's not. This is different. It's, it might be a tapeworm. Yeah, that's something that grows inside a person. What are your symptoms? He asks. I wake up feeling sweaty lately, fatigued, vomit, uh, diarrhea, both with blood, weak, really weak. Those aren't your symptoms for tapeworm infections, nausea, loss of appetite. Look, there's something inside me, I know this, can't you just check with a scan or something? Mr. Cook, there's nothing abnormal about you other than you need stitches, which is perfectly normal. Come on man, can't you run a camera down my throat or something? I've checked your breathing, Mr. Cook. There's nothing. I'd recommend talking to your personal doctor if you need further advice. Something else I don't have. Dr. Turner says, No, let's take care of those stitches. Not even a doctor can help me. I am truly on my own with this. Well, no, that's not entirely true. I have a hippie for an ally. Her cousin, too, but she's in BC. It's just Janet and me against the flesh-eating plants and their loyal cultivators. The fear I had for them is being engulfed by the growing heat. I know what this is. It's the same anger I felt when Emily died. Back then, I wanted a resolution. Now, well, I want blood.
Oh, Logan is mad. He is not having it. Um, yeah, so clearly the doctors can't find anything. The cops aren't really going to believe him. And because uh, of his background and all that, Logan's made up his mind. He, he knows what he's doing. How's that going to go? We'll find out in episode 15. Now, if you need the whole audiobook now, you can grab it on Audible. Um, Kobo, all the other distributors. Same with the ebook and print version. With the ebook and print, you can also see the gnarly artwork and just support the work that I'm doing. Now, if you want more within the macrocosm, the superverse that Cultivate takes place in, check out the Patreon, where I have monthly new stories. All right, take care. Ciao.